Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazney Lambray, joined as always by my brother on the west side of Los Angeles, sun-kissed as ever, as is always the case, even in the dead of L.A. winter. Nando Vila, what's going on, bro? Yeah, you got your hoodie on. You cold, dude? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Is it cold it's, in the valley? It's, it's hoodie season. It's hoodie yeah. season. <laughs> yeah. It's about time. On today's show, man, you know, it wouldn't be a woke bros if we didn't cover some of the stuff that's happening in labor politics across the country and what many people are calling striketober across a vast array of industries. All workers basically saying the same thing. We're overworked, underpaid, and we're sick of this shit. We're going to get into the intricacies of that. Of course, we have to update you on Uncle Joe's infrastructure bill, which the Dems are quickly but surely caving on. And uh, who could have saw this one coming, Nando Vila? But first, <laughs> we got to talk about, man, the death of an American patriot, <laughs> an American warmonger, an American instrument of the machine of American imperialism, in, uh, industrial war complex, you name it, Colin Powell, he died a couple of days ago of cancer and colon. Excuse me, I was about to say colon because cancer and colon. It's yeah. weird. It's just weird. Well, but, that's uh, not, uh, Matt Crispin was talking about, like, why do they call it colon? Why do they call him colon and not Colin? Because it's 1L. <laughs> Colin, Colin, like Colin Hanks is 1L too, and it's Colin. I don't know. I, I think he probably just wanted to distinguish himself. So he's, right. you know, I mean, he's he's Colin Powell, but he died of COVID and cancer complications two days ago. Uh, the guy was 84 years old, super decorated, you know, uh, member of the armed services, first black secretary of state, first black chairman of the Joint Chiefs, you know, yeah. decorated army career. Uh <laughs> His death brought on an array of reactions on social, um, in corporate media. Uh, people who listen to this show will be will not be surprised to know that the usual suspects, the freaking milk toast libs who always want to do the job of laundering conservatives and war hawks who say the right things and don't, you know, call gay people to F word and, you know, want to see uh, black people get hung. Like once you do that, you're good enough. You know, once you don't wear a clan's hoodie, like no matter how horrible your record was, you're good enough. And we saw this guy's reputation being laundered and cleansed in real time. Like it was so predictable that the usual suspects would be on there. But, you know, I got to say, as somebody who is of West Indian descent, I know a lot of Caribbean people uh, hold this guy in high regard and high esteem because of what he's accomplished um here in america right like he's like the immigrant's dream like to be the child of a jamaican immigrant to you know j ascend to these levels of power in government like it doesn't get much bigger than this so he's been lionized all over the place in the west indian community and of course the black community at large but for me you know before I, because I didn't even realize he had did all of this shit in Vietnam, covering up my live massacre. I didn't realize, <laughs> I didn't fucking realize he was part of Iran, Iran Contra. 
because he yeah. was in the Reagan administration for all of that. So, you know, the stuff in Nicaragua, the stuff in Panama. like, And then, of course, what I always knew him for was giving respectability and cover to the disastrous, horrible, um, the atrocity that was the Iraq war. So it's like, damn, Colin Powell was stunk up the joint. Well, you said it yourself, was It is kind of remarkable that a black man of West Indian descent would rise to that level of power. But then you got to ask yourself, why? How? Why? why? How? Yeah. You know, like, what did he do? You know, like, it's not that he was just better at the war stuff than the other people. That's not what it is. Like, he's not mm -hmm. like he wasn't like, you know, the guy who uh, was just better than the other guy at moving the oh. little chips around. He's really map. good at bureaucracy. He was a good bureaucrat. Exactly. And he was willing to do the things that were necessary mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, willing to get his hands dirty, willing to do the things that were necessary in service of the American war machine, whether it was participating in a cover up of Milai mass of the Milai massacre in in Vietnam, whether it was, you know, the, the various crimes of the 1980s, the invasion of Panama, which was just like a total fucking sham from the beginning to end, mm -hmm. uh, the first Gulf War. And then, you know, like his thing with the Iraq war was that because liberals loved him because he was black and, uh, <laughs> you know, seriously, I mean, that's like why that's they it. loved him. Like, that's right? That's you know, like why interview. else would they fucking give a shit about some about some Republican uh general yeah general um and uh his role in 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 like you said laundering the invasion of iraq in which he claims that he like you know had some misgivings about it and uh he uh you know he went to the cia a few days before that big speech at the un which was pivotal pivotal in selling the war like it's hard to describe how pivotal that speech was in yeah. selling the war um he's like yeah, i went to the cia and i grilled them about the intelligence and to see what parts of the speech were true and which are you know it turns out it was all bullshit so which either sells like sells all it. of it though but like all, all of, it. of it all of it like, there um, was no it wasn't like oh they had some embellishments that made it look better like all of it was bullshit yeah <laughs> i mean and the thing is you, you you, you know it's bullshit because the United States had already invaded Iraq in 1991 and had basically imposed a brutal sanctions regime from then on, then continuously bombed the country from then on. Like the fucking by the time the United States invent, invaded in 2003, the country was already destroyed. You know, like this idea that they had like all these kind of sophisticated weapons and shit was just an absolute fantasy to anyone who could read a little bit, you know, um, and and Colin Powell was pivotal in giving that air of respectability because he had so much personal prestige as the first black uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, first black secretary of state, well-spoken guy. You know, media darling. He, he just radiated stuff. gravitas. Like he just yeah. did. Like they all just looked at this guy as he's a serious right. guy. Right. And and you know, part of it too is and it's hard for people to remember this because George W. Bush has faded from our memory and the Will Farrell um um as Farrell impersonations have faded from our memory. But liberals thought George W. Bush was a clown, he was yeah. an idiot. That he was just some freaking, you know, just the, the worst incantations of nepotism and corruption and all of that stuff. Just like this dude is the former president's party boy son, 
that just got foisted into this office by just being in proximity to that family and his dad and that he was an unserious person but that colin powell would put his name behind his liberals was like i mean come on it's colin powell yeah i mean colin powell like you know uh, like you said, he was he was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs during uh, Bush Padres presidency, uh, Papa mm-hmm. Bush, H.W., mm-hmm. who was like, you know, he comes off as like this genial old man, but who was like a legit like deep state psychopath, I you mean, know, ran yeah. the CIA, uh, was a former CIA agent who he might as well as CIA tatted on his forehead, bro. Seriously, like he, he was the American Empire, like personified. Um and so, yeah, there is no there is no redeeming qualities to someone like Colin Powell. He is evil. Like he's just like straight up evil. But our superficial uh, understanding of this kind of thing uh, makes it so that he can be a, a lionized human being. When in any when in any kind of rational, you know, moral society, he would be fucking demonized as a warmonger, criminal. Uh, disgusting cretin. I don't know how to explain it. You know, like right. what he did in, in the run up to Iraq war was almost, it's, I don't know if it's, it's definitely as disgusting, but it might even be more disgusting than what like an obviously evil person like Cheney or Rumsfeld would do is because he gave it the cover. The, the He was essential in, in, in giving it that air of respectability, which was enough to sell the war. Like if it was just, if they had, you know, had he done the right thing, and been like gone to the UN and be like, this is all bullshit. All these people are lying to you, and I'm quitting right now. Like if he would have done what Kendall Roy did in in the last right. episode of Last Succession, right. um, maybe just maybe just maybe just maybe the the war wouldn't have happened. Um, but it's, instead, it's hard to present these counterfactuals. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but again, like the, the his role in a, in in American foreign policy. Uh, although you know, because I was reading Spencer Ack- Ackerman's uh, Substack called yeah. Forever Wars about this, and he was, and you know, Ackerman's like, look, it's it's not that the speech at the UN wasn't important; it's that sometimes it gets overstated because by the time he went to give that speech, they had basically they had sodded the field for this man. Like this thing was gonna freaking happen, and Powell did nothing before that to stop it. Um, yeah. Because, you know, th- th- like Powell had always kind of had a beef with Cheney and Rumsfeld, right? Like he kind of looked at those guys as cowboys. Um, yeah. And so Powell was he was a weak he was a weakling. And in D.C., you know, like everybody is only sucking up to the people that they perceive to have the ability to push levers on things. And Powell wasn't seen to be that like they, it was obvious that yeah. the power circle was within Cheney and his mentor Rumsfeld. But, you know what? Still, like <laughs> people like at the Washington Post and the New York Times and the New Republic, like once Colin Powell does this shit, yeah. it's like, of course, hoity toity liberals are like, come on. That yeah. crowd of people were just like, oh, no, this is all we needed. Of course, this is the right thing to do. So it's like it's hard yeah. to understate the symbolism of this guy going out and betraying the shit. And like, again, like people are going to come out and call him a patriot and blah, blah, blah. That's not patriotic. And, you know, to your point, uh, Nando, about something that's purely evil, we know what Cheney and Rumsfeld wanted to do. You know, Cheney, of course, he's got all his homies in the defense industry, super rich, himself included. And yeah. Rumsfeld, they had this fantasy of starting these new beachheads in the Middle East of like modern, unfiltered capitalism. 
Like the idea that the U.S. was going to send all of these business interests there, they were going to, you know, basically have a base in the Middle East to influence the yeah. region, and how they would run that country was like this just straight up capitalist fantasy land. Like they had actually, you know, at least they had designs on yeah. some shit that was like huge in their heads. Colin Powell did this just out of careerist bullshit. Oh yeah. Yeah, like, that's it. Right. Those guys, those neocons were like true ideologues. Like they're yeah. they wanted like a full on American empire, like the Roman yeah. Empire. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like imposing our shit. You know, like yeah. Obviously, that's evil. Like I don't support that shit. But there is something more slimy about just the fucking you know the self interested career you know driven bureaucrat who just like is good and at playing the game. Wanted to, he yeah. just wanted to keep these kinds of jobs rolling, and so he didn't want to go against the grain that's it but you know what he did was you know what he did was he endorsed obama he endorsed he oh, endorsed God. barry Give me a he endorsed break. barry he endorsed oh, barry and so the God. libs fucking loved him uh and they loved oh. the, libs. the libs already loved him but like once he endorsed barry it was like you know he could do no wrong <sighs> um i gotta read joy and reed's tweet in, re in yeah. reaction to because we got it's because so because we t we do want to talk about the different reactions that sort of unfolded outside of well, call them. Yeah, is, the reactions yes. are funny to me because one of the asymmetries in, in American politics that we talk about a lot is that Democrats love, like liberals and Democrats love, love Republicans and they love to yeah. rehabilitate Republicans. Like a little, like you said, in 2004, I remember I went to the Vote for Change tour. Uh, liberals fucking hated Bush and now they love him. His approval rating amongst liberals is like in the fucking Sick. 70s. And 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 like Bush is like one of the most evil people to ever live, um, and liberals <laughs> fucking love him. Uh, so liberals love to rehabilitate uh, disgusting Republicans, whereas Republicans would never do that with no. liberals. They're like, oh, Bill Clinton, yeah, he, was he, murdered, not that he bad. murders people all the time. Yeah, and no, fucking, you know, they're like, still you know, on Vince Foster. Are you shitting oh, me? Oh yeah, yeah. They would never be like, you know what, Bill Clinton wasn't that bad. Now in retrospect, no, they'd be like, no, he was worse. Like um, nobody's gonna go on Fox News. Like Tucker Carlson's not gonna go on Fox News. And lionize Ruth Bader Ginsburg. No. You know what I'm saying? Like that just no. would never. It just wouldn't happen. And like no. not to say that we should mimic everything Fox News does, but like, what 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 is the utility of this shit? I don't get it. It's 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 nothing because what's what's happening is that because liberals love Colin Powell, liberals like Joy Ann Reed. Which her tweet is just like the funniest thing, oh, one of the funniest perfect. things I've ever read. Because she go, in her response to that, she goes, "General Colin Powell's death is so shocking and heartbreaking. He had some tough moments around our wars, but wow. was fundamentally good and decent man and wow. a great American we could all be proud of. I know my Caribbean American fam certainly are wishing peace to his soul and family. He had some tough moments around our wars. Was yes. he was the chairman of the fucking Joint Chiefs of Staff? But he had some, you know, yeah, some tough, tough moments." moments. Yeah, tough, moments. tough moments. The Iraq War, million people dead. Tough moments, dude. Bruh, like literally gave the cover. Like literally. Like, and again, the only reason he did it was like, all right, I still want to be in good standing for these jobs. That's it. There was, no, it's not like, oh, I might have gone to jail or, you know, this would have cost me. I Like, I just wanted to be in line for these positions right like i want to still be appointed and you know one day i want them to appoint me the ambassador to some country that really fucking matters or one day i want i still want to be in the circle and so i can't even portray this obvious obvious disaster and you know a lot of this shit was 
in his memoir and all of this shit, like he claims that, you know, part of his mission as, you know, a public servant, as somebody who served and was a veteran of the Vietnam War, was to make sure we never did that shit again. And then the obvious Viet next Vietnam was staring at you right in the fucking face. Yeah. And what did you do? You held a fucking flask of talcum powder up at the freaking UN. And it's just embarrassing. And, and Joy Ann Reed... So that was Joy Ann Reed's send-off yeah. to Colin Powell. I want to read to you guys... Former pre the 45th president, Donald Trump's <laughs> sent off to Colin Powell. Because this tweet, excuse me, this statement is just goodness. His Trump statement. Wonderful to see Colin Powell, who made big mistakes on Iraq and famously so-called weapons of mass destruction, be treated in death so beautifully by the fake news media. Hope that <laughs> happens to me someday. He was a classic rhino. If even that, always being the first to attack other Republicans. He made plenty of mistakes, but anyway, may he rest in peace. <laughs> 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 but anyway, rest in peace. <laughs> uh, oh, it's just you bro. know again, it's the asymmetry of oh. American politics. Like Donald Trump is represents the id of the Republican base, right? Yes. Like they love him. You know, they fucking yes. hate Colin Powell. They of fucking course. hate him. You of know, course. your average Trump report uh, voter, <clears throat> and so he understands that. And, this, uh, and and the Rhino thing, it's like yeah, Colin Powell is just another. To the base, he's just another Mitt Romney. He's just another Jeb Bush. He's just another, quote-unquote, respectable Republican who has absolutely no constituency whatsoever, actual constituency yeah. amongst the base. Like, they don't care about deregulation. They don't care about tax cuts for Jeff Bezos. They don't care about any of this shit, you know? But that's all these dudes give a fuck about. Um, and so Trump just understands, like... Not only does he suck as the Republican, he made one of the worst, biggest blunders in the history of American foreign policy. He was right there in lockstep with George W. Bush. Uh, it's just perfect. And then, of yeah. course, um, we got to play because yeah. it's important because, like, it's important that um, we do the three contrasts. Right. Uh, yeah. Nando and the three black people that we're going to show you here. Colin Powell, who's basically. Yeah. Conservative black elite. Yeah. Joy and Reed, who's liberal black elite. Yeah. And they love and each then, other. Of course. And they love each yeah. other. And then there's Stokely Carmichael, aka Kwame Ture, on Colin oh, yeah. Powell's assertion that the military is a fantastic way for black people to rise up in American society. Please play the clip, Sean. Military is an excellent way for a black person to advance. I cannot see. How anyone can tell me that the best way for one to advance is by being a hired killer. Even I don't see why we have ROTC on campus. We fought to put it off. I don't you mean to tell me the only way we can advance is by being killers and killers of the, 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 the enemies of American imperialism? Because who do we kill? We don't kill our enemies. Do we go to Azania, South Africa and kill uh, the clerk? Do we kill the Ku Klux Klan? Do we kill racist policemen? No, we go and we kill Arabs who ain't doing nothing against us. We don't even know them. They've never done anything against us. So, uh... It is clear here that Mr. Powell is a liar, Mr. Powell is a traitor to his people, and Mr. Powell is a traitor to humanity, and Mr. Powell accepts that position. That position was made again, and don't you ever forget it, because of Dr. Martin Luther King. If you love King, you can never love Powell. If Powell. you were 
if you were in a position to advise someone who had attained the position of general in the U.S. Army and was offered the chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, what would you have said? Blow it up. <laughs> the Pentagon? Blow it up. <laughs> Obviously, Kwame Touré has not changed in very many respects. I have he has changed, please. I'm more knowledgeable, I'm more experienced, and I'm more determined to destroy America. I love you. <laughs> Just... Blow it up. <laughs> Colin Powell is a traitor to his people. <laughs> Colin Powell is a traitor to humanity. <laughs> you see, like you see the contrast in these three oh. different type of blacks: the black yeah. radical, the black warmongering fucking industrial military industrial complex fucking ambassador, and the black liberal elite. Like yeah. you see where the two, where the three diverge and where they converge, you know, like it's just so obvious. And yeah. so, you know, again, I know that Joy Ann Reed is like a whooping girl on this show because she's just so like she's just the perfect encapsulation of everything that we fucking hate about the libs. Like, yes, she's a black woman. Yes, yeah. she's very successful. But what does she fucking stand for? You know, the status quo, Joy Ann Reed would have it her way. Like, you know, still motherfuckers in the project, still motherfuckers yeah. in Mississippi, poor as fuck. Every equality would remain the same. But guess what? There would be a couple more Negroes on the board of Google. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And nothing would change. The world is racing to get back to normal and start meeting up in person again. But after the year we've all had, getting back to feeling normal takes time. I don't know about you guys. I've been feeling overwhelmed, flustered, just avalanche, stuck under this avalanche of things I have to do and people I have to see and people I got to talk to, Zoom meetings and emails. Hell, even this ad that I'm recording right now, I forgot that I had to do it. I'm doing it from a computer that's not even mine. It's really tough to do all of this when you feel like you're trying to handle it all by yourself. Do you feel like that? If you're feeling overwhelmed by it all, guess what? You're not alone. It's important to find the support you need to face those feelings and move forward. We all talk to our friends when we're experiencing issues, but they don't always give us the advice we need. I mean, think about it. They can't really give us unbiased feedback because they're involved in many of our interactions and how we are. What you really need is advice from a licensed professional. It can be refreshing and rewarding. When you're a low point, when you're in a low point, you might feel alone. But over 50% of Americans struggle with their mental health. We all need help sometimes, and asking for support when you need it is actually a sign of strength. Here's the idea. Use Talkspace. It's great. It's easy to use. It matches you with a licensed therapist and schedule live video sessions all from the comfort of your device. You can start messaging your therapist the same day you sign up. The app makes it easy to connect with the therapist that is licensed and on your schedule without having to wait weeks before your next appointment. You can go anywhere and take your therapist with you. Whether you're a parent, student, millennial, or just someone having a hard day, Talkspace can provide the support to help you feel better with a single message. Talkspace offers individual and couples therapy in addition to medication prescription services. Set goals with your therapist and they can help make sure you're really progressing. Talkspace therapists help you develop the tools to cope in difficult times. It works around your schedule at your convenience. Send and receive unlimited message with 
Send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist in the app. Schedule live video sessions with your licensed therapist from anywhere. Whether you're experiencing depression, anxiety, or other problems, Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform to help you sort through any issue. We've got thousands of licensed therapists available for you to match with, and they're experts in dozens of specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more to help you start feeling better. Start feeling better with a single message. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code BOMB. That's $100 off when you use the code BOM at Talkspace.com. Anyway, we move on from that to the latest on the infrastructure bill where Joe Manchin is cleaning the Democrats' clock once again on the single most um, important legislation uh, of a Democratic president since the Affordable Care Act. And so... Nando, tell us the the latest on the Dems and their never-ending quest to just fold at every turn. So, uh, as we've talked about before, the three point five trillion bill, which was already a compromise down from the six trillion dollar bill that you know Bernie and some of the progressives kind of wanted originally as part of the reconciliation package. Um, the, one of the big focuses of it was climate change, right? We fucking got to do something about climate change at some point. If not, we're pretty <laughs> fucked. You know, like it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> Um, and so this is one of the few opportunities we have to do something meaningful on climate change. It's very likely the Democrats will lose the House and Senate in 2022, which means that, you know, we're not gonna be able to do anything at the earliest till 2024, which is already, you know, a long time from now. That's assuming the Democrats even win it back in 2024, which is unlikely. So this is seen as one of the last opportunities. You know, obviously there's a bunch of other good stuff in there child uh tax allowance which is like desperately needed by you know any family like that's not rich joe, joe manchin said he wants to means test that to make sure that people yeah. making 60k don't get it like is it yeah. 60k is some gets like, you anywhere yeah oh my god bro <laughs> and you know there's uh you know there's some free community college stuff there there's but the one the centerpiece of the climate legislation was something called the cep it's like the client uh clean energy program or something like that uh, I forgot what it is. It's, it's CEP. Um, and it basically was a massive subsidy from the federal government to uh, dirty producers of electricity, mostly coal and gas, mm-hmm. um, which is like the second driver of climate change in, in the United States after cars, um, to essentially basically phase out their dirty uh, production to clean energy. Um, so the government would essentially give them a massive amount of money to just do that. you know, And if they could... If they could phase out over a certain amount of years, year by year, they would keep getting this massive federal, like literally a check from the federal government that was just like that. Um, Joe Manchin originally was like open to the idea, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, they had consulted with it. And now he's just like, no, that's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. It's out. It's out. And the Democrats are like, okay, it's out. It's out. What do you want? You know, it's out. Um, So the whole thing seems to be now kind of falling apart because... You kind of needed like something on climate change, you know, like the other human infrastructure stuff would be nice. But like climate change, man, like we got to do something about it at some point. So that's out. That's just out right now. So the question becomes now, uh, do the progressives tank the whole thing? Um, And I think that there are strong arguments that they probably should. 
But I think that the real lesson from all of this fucking charade that we've been seeing for the last year and a half since Joe Biden took president uh, took the presidency is that, man, we just don't have the ability anymore to influence these people. That, yeah. like, that We're the not Democrats organized enough to influence these cats, to make them pay, to, to, to have them scared. Like Joe, Joe Manchin has been, look, other prominent Democrats have been public. They've gone on big news shows, TV shows to crush this guy, to kill him. They're taking out ads. They're trying to muddy the waters for Joe Manchin. He's been resolute in his stance that like, fuck you guys. Fuck yeah. you guys. Fuck all of you guys. Yeah. And, and the thing is like that there's, they're not doing much to pressure him. And the thing is, even if they did do, which is, which is annoying, you know, like Biden could be fighting harder. Like it is ironic that the guy Biden fighting be hardest, doing more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is ironic that the guy fighting hardest for Biden's agenda is Bernie. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that this is this is Biden's agenda and, and Bernie's the one fighting hardest for it. But um, Biden himself is not fighting hard enough. But the, the, the reality is that if Manchin wants to tank it, he can fucking tank it. And will he suffer any consequences? No, no, he won't. Really. Like they just don't they don't really have anything on him. And, um, you know, it just goes to show like as we watch this unfold, like, well, I think you and I have been watching this kind of. Uh, as spectators, really, like the way we would watch uh, the Super Bowl or something. Yep. Like maybe you want one side to win, you know, but you don't have the ability to influence it in any way. Um, because at the national level, Democratic input has been hollowed out because the Democratic Party has abandoned its working class base. It has uh, collaborated <laughs> in the destruction of labor unions and mm -hmm. as such, has no ability to rally the only thing that can counter capital, which is, you know, people power. Um, and the only way to rally that is through an organized labor union movement. Um, and once the Democratic Party abandoned that and turned into this kind of like, you know, consultant class media party full of these kind of like, uh, you know, Kamala Harris types, pointy headed, uh, fucking academic types, and professionals. Yeah. And shout out to my boy Arthur. I know he's gonna listen to this, and he's like, one day we're gonna have to have a talk with you guys about how much you diss people that got degrees. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they, they fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> Especially those with advanced degrees. If you got your little BA, right, you're yeah. probably not the worst person. But if yeah. you've done any extra fucking college in your life, you're pro you, you got like a 90% higher chance of being an insufferable douchebag than somebody who has it. That's just... <laughs> That's yeah. just how it goes. That's how to cook. I mean, co college is where the ruling class is kind of built, right? And mm -hmm. and the sort of bourgeois norms that you know we 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 really kind of find annoying on the show are really fostered in college. I mean, that's why we've, we that's why the CIA posts that video of them being like, "I'm a queer, uh, yeah. uh, oh BIPOC, uh, uh, Latinx with uh, imposter syndrome," and I'm a CIA agent. <laughs> And, and like it's and it's and and of course, like the CIA is just a bunch of college grads anyway, right? Yeah. Like they understand the fucking language of that those fucking places. It's yeah. it's pathetic. Yeah. So yeah. So the uh, you know the I think the lesson from all this is like again we could watch it as a spectator sport the way we would watch the Super Bowl, but the the real politics, the real uh, kind of 
um, ability for any normal person to influence their surrounding comes first, like, uh, you know, at the local level on some level, like that, that there is, there is organizing going around in New York and LA, especially in, and in Philadelphia and other places that have improved lives and will improve lives if it continues. And if the, if, uh, you know, important kind of left-wing candidates can, can continue to take power in those places. But the real thing that makes the difference in every single, and we've talked about this a million times in every single progressive thing that's ever happened in human history ever, you know, certainly under capitalism has come from an organized working class movement. Um, and the only way to do that is through labor unions and forever, especially in the 2010s, um, working class labor militancy has been an absolute low. Um, it's forever to uh, recover from the financial crisis in 2008. Um, and we saw like record lows and strike activities and things like that. This month was striketober, baby. Mm -hmm. It is striketober. We are seeing worker actions all over the place. I mean, there was the uh, vote for the IATSE strike, yep. which passed overwhelmingly. Like 90% participation and 99 like voting to authorize the strike. Um, they came to a tentative deal. The union leadership and the, the studio leadership but now the members have to vote on it. And it's not clear that they're going to ratify That's the agreement. Enough. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, John Deere, 10,000 workers uh, are striking at John Deere factories. And did you see the videos and the, the news stories of like uh, John Deere sending in their like managers and shit to run the plants and like immediately, <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> immediately <laughs> getting yeah, fucking right. calling the cops because they like <laughs> keep crashing forklifts everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That wasn't going to happen. And, you know, it's so interesting because, again, I think of a like a company like John Deere and culturally what that company stands for, the idea that there is, you know, basically a labor strike at that company. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting. I think it speaks to the things that we try to talk about at this, on this fucking show about everybody's obsession with the culture war when it's like, yo, um, look, I don't know. I, I, I could take a fucking guess as to how those John Deere workers vote, generally speaking. Yeah. I bet they're you they're not watching Insecure on HBO. I bet you they're not. I bet you they're not. But guess what? Um, every work is like, bro, uh, the company is producing record amounts of profits. The CEO's pay has been bumped by 163%. They've given us nothing. And mm. again, so that everybody understands the fucking bosses never do anything out of the goodness of their hearts. It's only by force. It's only by actual like threats. And, but you know, I feel yeah. like the word threat um, minimizes what it actually means. It's like, no, like you have to explain to them that you're going to cost them money. You're going to yeah. shut the shit down. You're willing to fucking fight them for these things again like john deere you you know people would say the fucking free market uh, psychopaths would be like well of course they're good they're making so much money obviously they're the the workers are going to be incentivized after the you know the money just goes just goes trickling down on them and blah. it's like no it's not <laughs> yeah the goal is to pay them as little as humanly possible for as long as you can there's no yeah. social contract 
there's no idea of quote unquote doing the right thing. The right thing is to make yeah. as much money as possible. Fuck these people who are busting their humps to produce these fucking profits for you, right? And you're seeing it all across. And I think another thing that you can't ignore, and what we've been covering here at Woke Bros a lot as well, is all of these numbers about worker power increasing during this pandemic. Workers yeah. quitting at an all-time high last month. Workers saying, fuck these whack-ass jobs that you guys have been offering us. It's not good enough. Make it better. And I think that climate has to affect the amount of people who are going out saying, fuck this shit. Yeah. I don't need this shit. And one of the contradictions of going on right now is that the, the tight labor market, which we've covered, you know, like employers are complaining that they can't find workers, they can't hire workers. The tight labor market creates more worker militancy because it, it it gives them the sense that like, yo, these people need me. You know, like I they, there's not like a bunch of workers lying around that can that they can just replace me easily. Mm -hmm. You know, so it increases working worker militancy, but it, it also increases um, their frustration because they are overworked. Like one of the big things that all the IATSE people are complaining about are like these insane hours, you know, and, and the Kellogg strike and then the Nabisco strike, which Nabisco. is going on. They complain mm -hmm. about these like what they call suicide shifts in which it's like, you know, two 12 hour shifts in a row um, with just eight hours in between for them to like go home, get a few hours of sleep and come back and then work another 12 hours. And like people are like committing suicide and shit. So they're working them to the bone, which because they can't find workers. But because of that, they're increasing worker militancy and they're getting more mm -hmm. fed up and they're, be, and they're standing up a lot more. But I just want to read uh, a paragraph from Labor Notes that really conveys uh, uh, the, the, the widespread nature of this. I mean, we talked about John Deere. That's 10,000 workers. We talked about IATSE. That's potentially 60,000 workers. There's also a Kaiser Permanente uh, strike authorization happening in, in a bunch of states, California, Oregon, Hawaii, and other places. Um, that would be 37,000 workers. Um, and according to Labor Notes, they joined 2,000 hospital workers striking in Buffalo, New York, 1,400 production workers for Kellogg's in four states, 450 steel workers in Huntington, West Virginia, a one-day walk-up of 20,000 uh, 2,000 telecommunications workers in California, all since October 1st, 1,000 Alabama coal miners, 700 nurses in Massachusetts, 400 whiskey makers in Kentucky, 200 bus drivers in Reno, Nevada, um, in addition to nearly uh, recently settled strikes by 2,000 carpenters in Washington, 600 Frito-Lay workers in Kansas, and 1,000 Nabisco factory workers at five plants across the country. We haven't seen this in a long, long time. You know, all converging at once that shows that there's like these structural issues that people after COVID... Uh, especially like workers who were, you know, on the front lines, what they called at the time essential workers. And we're like, okay, we'll do this for a while. But like as shit's kind of like relaxing a little bit and the COVID thing is kind of uh, easing out, they're like, okay, we did the shit. Now we want to get paid. Like now we want more. Um, and it is the potential for, a, a, you know, for a revived labor movement. Like it's key for all these all these kind of disparate things to start talking to each other and cohere as a as a class-wide uh, movement. Because if that does, then we will start to see real real wins across a million things. But like, it is really encouraging. <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't see how you can look at look at it any other way. Uh, and again, they. The way these workers are laying out what the demands are and why, it's inarguable. Like, how can you hear the hours that these people are working? How can you hear stories about 
People working 18 hour days, then falling asleep behind the wheel on their way home. How can you hear the stories about the record number of profits and the fucking greed? How can you hear those stories and not understand that these workers are doing the right thing? You know, uh, that's what I think. That's what I'm most encouraged about. It's like these demands are plain and it's in lockstep with everything that we've been talking about. It's just like these aren't like this is shit ain't made up. It's facts. When people yeah. talk about like we haven't gotten a raise in a decade, we get no raises. They work us longer and longer hours like we get we got nothing to show for it. And again, our production our efficiency has only grown for us to get yeah. none of the benefits. Because, you know, back in the days, they could rest on the, all oh, lazy motherfuckers don't want to work. Oh, they just want a free pass. Oh, no, we're, we're working longer, harder, making y'all yeah. more money for us to get none of the benefits of it. Something's got to fucking give. Can I talk a little Karl Marx just to, just to ah, explain yes, a point? Please, please. Okay. Karl Marx made the point that under capitalism, workers are the ones who drive profit, okay? This isn't like a sentimental thing. It is like a <laughs> formula in that like a machine can only produce what it produces, right? And if everyone has the same machine, it produces the same. Workers are the only people that can produce, are the only thing in capitalism that can produce more than it's paid. I mean, that's the whole fundamental point of like, worker exploitation is that you can pay someone less than they produce, right? Uh, you can't do that to a machine. You just can't. The machine produces what it produces, right? And one of the contradictions of capitalism is that while workers produce profits for the system as a whole, at the individual company uh, level, there is an incentive to replace workers with machines, right? Um, because in the short term, that increases their profits. But then once the machine kind of the technology gets adopted across the whole system and everyone has it, then that evens out. Like they, it cancels each other out. And then the, the profits from the whole system start to collapse. Right. So that's, we're, we're in one of those kind of moments of declining profitability. Like we've, we've seen it in the past and, 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 and we're in one of those moments, which is why worker militancy is rising now um, because they realize that like, holy shit, we don't have enough workers workers are the ones who do pro who drive profits so we got to squeeze them more we just got to squeeze them even more to get more profits yeah that's again, the fundamental reality that and and again and again when you talk to these fucking free market freaks right they're going to talk to you about this pie in the sky way in which capital works where it's like nah they're going to even it out because there's going to be so much competition for the work and you know there's going to be all these other great jobs that the free market enterprise guys are going to have and it's going to even out and it's going to work and it's going to blah 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 it's like no you dumbass what they're going to do is try to extract every single last ounce of juice it's fucking it's the same as the slave master. I'm sorry. I know I make that fucking comparison almost every single week on here, but it's no different. It's not like these slave masters like, oh, let me take pity on these slaves. It's like, no, actually, let me be worse to these cats. Let me make sure I enact uh, slave fugitive laws. Let me just, no, I just keep taking it further and further and further. It's no different than what the capitalists do in, in our society. Sure, you're not getting a whip, a lash to your back. You're just working yourself to death. Yeah. Striketober, dude. Striketober. Yeah, Strike -tober, I, I love baby. it. It's, it's super encouraging. 
um, to see all of this union move movement. Uh, it, it's it's crazy, and, and you know, more and more industries are figuring out like, yo, we gotta fucking unionize against these cats. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I I did a I did a Jackman video a few weeks ago or months ago. I don't remember what it was about the the upcoming Teamsters uh, election. I mean, that's gonna be one to watch because. The Teamsters are still kind of the the one of the more powerful, if not the mm -hmm. mo most powerful union in in the United States. Um, and with all this supply chain business that we're talking, we're seeing in the in the news, um, like their supply chains are in crisis right now. Uh, guess who fucking greases the supply chain? It's the fucking Teamsters. Mm -hmm. um, and there's an election going on because Jimmy Hoffa Jr. Uh, retired this year. And he, he had been president of the Teamsters for, for a long time um, and was kind of a establishmentarian, pro probably corrupt, but, you know, establishmentarian yeah. kind of go with the flow guy, not challenge um, the uh, capital and all that stuff. Um, and there is kind of an insurrection going on within the Teamsters of a, of a reform candidate candidacy group uh, called TDU. Uh, Teamsters for Democratic Union. Um, we had those guys on a Jacobin, uh, and we, we we did a whole segment on it. But uh, um, the election is going to be decided, I think, in November. Um, and should they win, and should they put the squeeze on at this moment? I mean, capital is on its knees right now. You know, now is the moment to strike. Um, mm -hmm. We saw like uh, just how with the supply chains business, just how fragile the whole system yep. is, right? The fucking big ass boat in the Suez Canal froze the global economy for like six years. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, a few teamsters. Yeah, like and, and I said it before over here. Like I worked at UPS. I was a part time worker. We would. We were teamsters. What do you? That's part of the fucking logistical. That, that UPS talks in their commercials like logistics is this, this, that, and the third. From the drivers to the warehouse workers, they're all teamsters. You know, yeah. like it. it Look, man, this this is the time. This yeah. is and you know they running scared because of all of the bitching and hand wringing they doing. Yeah, everywhere in the media, it's about well, it's inflation and the workers and you know you gotta stop unemployment. It's like, bro, none of that shit's gonna work. People have figured out that they're getting completely screwed over and gypped. That like people have figured it out and they're like, fuck you, bro. You know, like shape up. Yeah. Anyway, that's our show for this week. Uh, yeah, uh, I would suggest you guys stay up on Jacobin. Um, a bunch of people covering Striketober. You can just Google Striketober. It's all over the place. Uh, and keep up on that. Obviously, we're going to keep monitoring the infrastructure bill. And yeah, let me just read Donald Trump's uh, Colin Powell obituary or send-off because uh, it's the best thing that I've ever, se ever seen in my whole life. The 45th president <laughs> of these United States of America. Wonderful to see Colin Powell, who made big mistakes on Iraq and famously so-called weapons of mass destruction be treated in death so beautifully by the fake news media. Hope that happens to me someday. He was a classic rhino. If even that, always being the first to attack other Republicans. He made plenty of mistakes, but anyway, may he rest in peace. <laughs> I, I don't know what it's hard to just it's hard to pick out what my favorite part of that is. Uh, it could be. I hope that happens to be something. Yeah, yeah, I, think, I think that's the one. I hope, Trump hoping even in death that people say nice things about it. Yeah, um, and either that or like the anyway, rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, that's our show for this week. We'll see you guys next week. Make sure you become a Patreon at patreon.com backslash Count the Dings. Of course, check out all the other Count the Dings offerings. Uh, we're out of here. Peace. Later.